Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 62 of the Average Cheese Podcast. It's going to be a strange one. We're doing two separate shows, which are going to be melded into one. Right now, it's Peter and I, and later on, it will be Todd and I talking junk about the Green Bay Packers and the mess that has been this week in football. It has been very strange from the Aaron Rodgers stuff to Jordan Love to the really ugly Chiefs game to the weird ass. uh, There I am cussing already to the weird video that Russell Wilson put out like he's coming back from the dead to play in this game. So it's been a very strange week in the NFL. Peter, how are you today? Pretty good. And at least David Bakhtiari got activated today. Oh, good. Because they had to do it today, right? Yeah. And it seemed like it was taking all day. Yeah. And the longer there was no news, the longer you felt, oh, something's up. But no, Packers being the Packers were just letting us all. So like Russell Wilson, David Baxiari has come back from the dead (laughs) uh, to win the game on Sunday. Right on. Let me thank the sponsors. Thanks to Dwight at DDGCustoms.com. I am dropping the shoes off, Denise Guerrero. So I will drop the shoes off. I got them in the mail today from Nike. So Dwight will get to work on those. And thanks to Rhonda at r Management. If she knew how many times I cussed in an episode, she probably wouldn't be sponsoring us. But now they know. I guess when I send them the bill after this, they'll be less than happy. We got to be at least $200 in cusses already this season. Maybe more. Thanks to them. You can find us at ABG Cheese on Twitter. We are up to 704 followers, which is pretty cool. And Santi82, I put your stuff in the mail today, so thank you. Your window clings around their way. So episode 62, Peter, take it away. Who is it? Has to be Marco Rivera, doesn't it? It's another one of those numbers where one name kind of jumps out at you, Marco, Marco Rivera. So a couple of things about, about Marco Rivera. Played in the World League of American Football, Scottish Claymores. So okay. he was over here in the UK in... 95 or 96, whenever that was. The other thing about Marco Rivera, I met Marco Rivera once. (laughs) So there was at Lambeau Field. I went to practice. So it'd be 99 when Ray Rhodes was coach. And at the end of practice, Ray Rhodes called all the players over, every single one of them, introduced them all. They all came along and cans and whatever else. I always remember Marco Rivera because he's one of the few that stood in front of me and introduced himself to me. Wait a minute. Ray Rhodes, stop. Ray (laughs) Rhodes brought the entire team over to meet you? Yeah. You really glossed over that right there, Peter. (laughs) I'm sorry. um... Continue your amazing story. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, that is is the story. But what was amazing to me, so they all kind of pretty much just lined up one after the other, shook hands on, they went. But my my biggest memory of it was Marco Rivera. 
because he was one of the few that he introduced himself to me. I'm Marco Rivera. How are you doing? It's like, I know who you are. <laughs> you not know who you are. <laughs> yeah. So I guess from that, just that one experience of a guy that five seconds, 10 seconds, whatever, just it's always been one of my favorites because of that. And a super player he was as well, of course. Pro Bowl guard for three years on the trot and just missed out on Super Bowls with with the Packers because he came to the Packers in 97 after the 96 Super Bowl. And then, of course, was there till the mid 2000s and then played a couple of years in Dallas. So wasn't there for the 2010 Super Bowl. So kind of was between those two Super Bowl eras. But yeah, super player at right guard for most of his career. Scrappy, tough, nasty, if that's the right word, on the field. You know, the type of guard that you that you want to have. I always have a smile every time I think of Marco Rivera because he introduced himself to me. That's awesome. <laughs> I knew I was in the presence of greatness, and now I just keep hearing more stuff. The, the Packers <laughs> lined up to shake your hand. It's cool, it's, it's, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, it's those kind of experience, one-off experiences that you almost don't appreciate at the time they're happening. Didn't know it was going to happen. Got to pass into practice. Yeah. That's it was awesome. like at the end of practice, it was like Ray Rhodes, guys, come on up. And yeah, so I got a few photos with Ray Rhodes and Sherman Lewis and stuff. And it was just, just the neatest thing, just stuff that you don't forget. Super cool. Okay, so thanks for listening to episode 62. I think we should just end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That's super cool. Well, and, and of course, Marco Rivera is doing a podcast right now saying, do you remember that time? <laughs> I met that Pete. I met that Peter Jones guy. <laughs> I'm sure he is as well. He should, because it's his. All right, let's move on from that. Which I don't know that we can get any better than that. The NFL has approved that the Packers will be able to sell stock once again. We talked about this a little bit. I will now be a Packer owner. Uh, whenever they approve that, because even though it's just a piece of paper, it will be an important piece of paper to me. I'm very excited. Has, about that. has to be done. It has to be done. Absolutely. I saw some dickhead on Twitter like, oh, if you want to support the Packers, why don't you just buy a bunch of jerseys? Okay, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Clearly, you don't know economics because they are selling me a piece of paper. I don't know how much said piece of paper is going to cost, but I'm guessing it's probably about two or three cents. If I buy a fucking jersey, that costs more than two or three cents. You dumbass. Jesus. People are Except dumb. It prob probably depends whose jersey you're buying, right? Oh, right. <laughs> but it's still going to cost more than a piece of paper. <laughs> Someone in China is going to get paid like 15 cents an hour to make that thing. And I'm st it's still going to cost the Packers more to make a jersey than it is to print out a piece of paper that's embossed in gold or whatever. So dumb. I'm doing it. It's my fucking money anyway. Stop trying to tell me how to spend my money. <laughs> Whoever you are, who wasn't even telling me directly, but I took offense to it. So there. And it's 2021. I can take offense if I want to. All right. Let's get on to this mess of a Packer game. Let's start with the good. Give me some good. It's going to be hard, but go ahead, Peter. So offensively, let's start with the running game. Not enough of it, but that's a that's another question. But when we saw it, it was excellent. AJ Dillon again was excellent. Again, not enough of him, but but was excellent in the running game. Good again in the passing game, which I think has been a surprise to to many this season. 
Aaron Jones was Aaron Jones, just as we have come become used to him playing to the le- that level. So I thought the running game was excellent. I thought the left side of the offensive line pretty much held up for most of the game. So I think those are two positives on the on the offensive side. Nice catch by Randall Cobb bailing out a poor throw. And I can't say that I thought that Jordan Love's performance was in the very good category, but I thought it was okay. Considering the amount of pressure that he was under for every drop back, I mean, something like 80% of his drop backs, there was there was pressure. And I thought he got better as the game went on. I'm sure we'll talk about his interception later, but I thought that he got better as the game went on. So I was mildly encouraged. A.J. Dillon averaged almost six yards a carry, and not with a long of 30 either. Yeah. With a long of 15. So he was getting chunks of yards every time he touched the football. And I think that's the thing, whole season long with him. It's six yards here. It's eight yards there. It's five yards there. And that's what you want. Because eventually he's athletic enough to break one. He needs a bigger hole because I do think he tends to run into guys right now in the secondary. Eventually he's going to break one. And he's fast enough to get away. We've seen it in the past. I'm very impressed with him. The pass catching thing, I think, is this surprise. Maybe not to you, because this is what you do, right? You look at guys before they're drafted and see their talents. But when you look at a body that big, you tend to think this is the Jerome Bettises of the world. This is the Derrick Henrys. This is a guy who's going to be handed the football, and he's going to run straight ahead. And he's far more athletic than that average pound-the-rock guy. I'm really excited. I mean, with Aaron Jones in the fold for a couple more years, you have a great running back tandem in Dylan and Jones. Fingers crossed that Kylan Hill can come in and be that third guy once in a while. Once he comes back from injury, I keep pining for Patrick Taylor, who is now on the roster. I'd like to see him get, you know, not a ton of snaps, but a a snap or two here and there to see if he's a change of pace because he's a ball catcher, too. I just think they're set in their running back room for years. I agree. And I think actually having those two helps you be able to develop that third guy because you can play him as much or as little as you as you want to, as you as you need to. You can pick the situations that you put him in. So I think actually that's quite an advantageous position for that third guy to be in, particularly when he's a lower round draft pick or a free, or a free agent. It'd be different if he was a first round pick, obviously, but... But I think for a third guy who's a free agent or a, or a lower round draft pick, I think it's a really nice situation to be in. It gives you the opportunity to develop a guy, draft him later, who might have that ability level, but just isn't there yet. Yep. So the Packers are in a yep. great place with that position. What about the bad offensively? Just just pick one because there's probably a lot of things we could talk about there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think the offensive line is is the obvious one. But I'm going to let you guys talk about that. The one for me that I think the most frustrating one for me, and it's not the play calling in terms of lack of the running game or using the running game as much as they should, which is frustrating. But I thought the inability to adjust during the game when the Chiefs were sending five, six, seven, eight, however many guys it was that were coming, the inability of the Packers offensive staff whether that's Hackett, whether that's Matt LaFleur, was noticeable. And I thought that it was quite possibly Matt LaFleur's worst game day coaching performance. Now, I'm not here to get on Matt LaFleur's 
back. He's been a superb coach. His record speaks for itself. I think it was just a bad day at the office. I think, bizarrely, they weren't helped by having the long week coming up to the game. So they played the Cardinals the previous Thursday, which in essence meant they started preparing you know, for, for last week's game on the Friday or Saturday. So they actually had extra time to prepare, but preparing for Aaron Rodgers being at quarterback. It wasn't until the middle of the week, the Wednesday, that they knew that Rodgers wasn't playing. So they actually didn't have much time to prepare the game plan specifically to Jordan Love. So I don't think any of that helped. And I think it all compounded together. Let's just say it was a less than great coaching performance during the game itself. I mean, I thought he got outcoached by Steve Spagnolo, the, the Chiefs defensive coordinator. And again, I just want to repeat, this isn't a rib at Matt LaFleur. His record speaks for itself. It's just a bad day at the office. Move on. I listened to a interview, must have been the normal Spagnola talking to the beat writers before. I was really kind of impressed with him. I have never heard the man speak before this week. He's talking about how he's going to prepare for Jordan Love and that kind of thing. And of course, he didn't get into real specifics, but he was very complimentary of Love, which is cool because he doesn't have to do that because it's a rookie quarterback. He could just say he's inexperienced and, and leave it at that. But he talked about his athleticism and his arm strength and that kind of thing. But he also talked about we're going to prepare for the scheme, which I thought was very smart. Because they were yeah. talking about preparing for love compared to comparing for to Rodgers. And he's like, we're preparing for the Packers scheme. They're not going to completely change what they do because they this is what they do. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, that was genius because the Packers did not attempt to change what they do yeah. when they knew Jordan Love was going to be the quarterback. Absolutely. And I think you get this, this double whammy. I mean, Steve Spagnolo is well known for being a guy that likes to get after the quarterback. That's who that's that's who he is. Buddy Ryan-esque, if you like. And the problem with when that happens, when you see the blitz and you don't stop it, that blitz is coming all day until such time as you do stop it. And they never did. No. And you know, even when they attempted some stuff like rolling Jordan Love out, there were players in the wrong position and all kinds of stuff. But it, but it was more for me about, you, you know, you've got to, there's certain things that you have to do. You have to go max protect. You want to run more screens. Now, I know they attempted a couple of screens. You've got to run some more draws. You've got to run some crossing patterns because the middle of the field is completely open nearly all day. So there's some, you know, some stuff. It isn't for me to tell <laughs> Matt LaFleur how to coach. It was just a bad day at the office. Let's move on to the defense, which, wow, is really good. I get that the Chiefs are not the Chiefs of old, but there's still Patrick Mahomes on that team, and he can still sling it, and he can still figure out a way. And they've got offensive talent. They can't run the football, but they should be able to throw it. That defense, I am overly impressed. That's not the right way to say that. With Chris Barnes this week, Chris Barnes was spectacular in this game. And it's not just the hit on the goal line where he read that play and made a beautiful tackle because that is a very difficult play where guys are going to hold the ball out. They're going to score most of the time when they get that close to the goal line. But he just looked more instinctive than usual. He looked like he was playing faster than usual. And I don't know 
if he's more healthy than he was, like they haven't really talked about his health much. I haven't seen much, but he was really good in this game. And if he's really good, you've got two guys that can play the linebacker position and hallelujah. It can't be better than that. 110% agree with that. And I, and I think that, I mean, I'll be the first having just talked about Matt LaFleur's bad day at the office. I'll be, I'll be the first to hold my hands up and, one who was very critical of Joe Barry after the Saints game. In my own head, I was very critical of Joe Barry when they made that appointment because I just his record didn't fill me with a lot of confidence. Yeah, and how but, could it? But that guy could be the Packers MVP so far this season. Most valuable person, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, you, you know, it, you know, because not only has he done it with the number one defense, but actually he's done it with most of that number one defense being depleted all year. We haven't seen Jair Alexander for weeks. Kevin King's missed three or four games. And by the way, King was excellent. Absolutely excellent this, this week, just gone. But, you know, he's, he's done it with Rasul Douglas. Again, really good. And we talk about Campbell every week. Goes goes without saying how good how good he's been. You mentioned Chris Barnes. The whole of the secondary was really good. And what makes that even better is that they expected Stokes to play. And it and wasn't until... Game time decision, yeah, right? Game time, game time decision. So that it had been working all week as though Stokes was going to play. Up steps Douglas. Defense doesn't miss a beat. <laughs> There's nothing but plaudits that can be said about the job that Joe Barry and his staff have done with that group of players. It's just been absolutely fantastic. Totally agree. Really surprising. He was with the Redskins and the Lions, was it? Maybe those were just bad teams. When you see who they hired, Joe Barry, and you look at his track record, you think, oh, gosh, this is just another guy. Like, why? Because I was a Jim Leonard guy all day long. I wanted the Packers to hire Jim Leonard as the D.C. When I settled on Joe Barry, and I do believe they settled on Joe Barry. I think Jim, Jim Leonard was the guy. It was like, okay, this is what we've already seen. We've seen mediocre defensive coordinators forever. Maybe since Fritz Shermer. When would you say the last time we had a defensive coordinator that you thought was really impressive? Well, I think consistently impressive would be would be Fritz Shermer. So let's move on. Any bad on the defense? I would be nitpicking if I was trying to find something. I really can't. Even on the defensive line where that's not necessarily the pack of strength. Slayton was excellent when Kenny Clark went out. Probably Slayton's best performance of the season when he struggled in previous weeks. Kingsley Kiki didn't play. It would be nitpicking, I think, to try and find some bad on, on that defensive performance. Yeah, let's leave that alone. So next week, it's the Russell Wilson-led Seattle Seahawks, which, you know, Geno Smith, not great. <laughs> That would have been nice to play them, actually. It'd be nice. I don't care who we play against. Honestly, I just want to beat up on teams, especially after last week's loss. But I think we we beat up on Russell Wilson in the past, too. Last time he was here, I think he threw like four picks, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and the, the Packers have won four of the last five against against the Seahawks you know, since 2015. So it's a recent history is on their, on their side. And we... We don't like to look back further than 2015 when we think about the Seahawks, do we? We don't mention anything before that. No, so we're not doing a, uh, <laughs> we're not doing any history on the Seahawks this time. No, the Packers lead the series 14-9. 14, 14, 
but we're not going to delve into any of those nine. Okay, those are way. Those are some of those are way too painful to to delve into. We're not even going to go back to the Jim Zorn, Steve Largent days, <laughs> the, the Brian Bosworths, uh, those eras. We can do, but of course, when I when I think of Jim Zorn, I think of the year or two years that he spent Green in Bay. Green Bay in '85 or whatever it whenever it was, when there was I don't know Jim Zorn and Lynn Dickey and trying to think they went through about four quarterbacks that year randy wright would have been there right was it vince ferragamo vince ferragamo was there chuck fasina he may have been the year before but or the year after but all of those guys were they all kind of all kind of melted into one the only difference was jim zorn was left-handed right all these names of like (laughs) former pretty goods none of them were any good at that point yeah so anyway their depth chart russell wilson will be back that'll be nice They've got two really nice receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Uh, their running game, I don't know if like Pete Carroll doesn't care about a running game because they just don't seem to ever draft anybody or go. They haven't had a decent running game since Marshawn Lynch, really. Probably right. Yeah, it's like, what are you waiting for? The fullback for Seattle is Whitefish Bay High School native Nick Ballore, who... I don't know if I should tell the story, but fuck it. It's our podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> so my first year coaching wrestling at Whitefish Bay, the athletic director is walking me around the school, showing me the locker room, showing me where our dungeon of a wrestling room is. And the football coach, the late Jim Tejan, God rest him, nice guy. He sees me. He's like, oh, yeah, welcome to Bay. Hey, I've got this kid. He's a senior. Um, he won't practice for you, but he'll come and wrestle for heavyweight for you if you want. And I didn't know who he was. So I was like, dude, in my mind, I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> I don't want some dude that like is going to show up in the room. He's never going to show up in the room and I'm going to give him a singlet on Thursday nights. Like, here, go do whatever you do. I don't even know his name. It turned out to be Nick Ballour, who has now been in the NFL for a very long time. He was a senior in high school in 2005, 2006. And he could have wrestled for Whitefish Bay High School and wrestled for me, but I was too stubborn to take a great athlete that wasn't going to practice for me. So that is my Nick Ballor story. He's still in the NFL, so doing pretty well. 2021, he would have graduated in like 10 or 11. I think Central Michigan, something like that. Western Michigan, I don't know. But he's in the NFL, so good for you. Send our wrestling program some money, Dick. (laughs) <laughs> even, even though you never wrestled for us so that's my nick blore story it's super boring but i'm gonna keep it in the episode just because defensively is there anybody that scares you let me go through their line and i want you to tell me if, if i'm making the name up or if this is actually a guy <laughs> i'm just kidding here's their defensive line rasheem green that's the left defensive end puna ford P-O-O-N-A, Puna Ford, who you probably know because you're a draft guru. Yeah. I've never heard of the man. Albert Woods. I don't even know if his name's Albert, but I put that in there. Al Woods and and Carrie Hyder Jr. That is their starting defensive line. So you made them all up, right? <laughs> I did I'm not. Kid- I'm just kidding. No, no. I'm not smart enough to make up those names. But 
<laughs> like Bobby Wagner passed his time. Like, you know, he's not in the backside of his career. Jamal Adams, I'm not sure who he is anymore. He's not the scary guy he was a couple of years ago. I hate to do this because I've been doing this a lot this year. I look at this team and I go, nope, there's no way the Packers lose this game. I think on paper, there's no way the Packers lose this game. So I think there's a couple of questions, aren't there? Is Does Rodgers play? And our assumption, I think, today is yes, is that he's back Saturday and and plays. And and whilst that will affect them a little bit, I don't think it will affect them that much. He's been around long enough to know. So I don't think that will be a huge issue. The only thing that worries you on the Seahawks side of the the ball is Russell Wilson. And that's because, A, he's a good player, a a really good player. And he's one of those guys that, that seems, no matter how bad the team is around him, that he finds a way to make yards, to score, to keep his team in the game. And even when even when they lose, he's one of those guys that you think in the last two minutes, they're never out of it. He's the only guy that worries you. He's coming back, obviously, from that finger injury. So he's been out for a few weeks and maybe maybe a bit a bit rusty. I guess it's nice for him to come back to Wisconsin and play at Lambeau Field. Yeah. Um, he'd be the guy that, that would worry you. The receivers are nice. You know, Metcalf's a nice receiver. Lockett's a nice receiver. Metcalf's t- tough, big, big guy. But Russell Wilson's the one who just somehow, no matter what, somehow finds a way to keep his teams in games that they shouldn't be in. I watched uh, Russell Wilson play when he was at Wisconsin, the year that he was there. And that probably should have been the year they were in the national title hopes because he was that good. They shit themselves a couple of times that year. And it wasn't Russell Wilson. It was just, just seemed like they lost games they never should have. He is a, how do I say this? He is a guy that believes so highly in himself. I think, yeah, he's never out of a game. He is going to will his way back into things. Yeah, yeah he's, he's very impressive. He's kind of weird, that whole, like, I'm going to sit kneel in the huddle and there's no guys around me thing. And then this whole very dramatic, like, my finger was broken and I'm acting like I just had my entire vine ripped out and put back in. <laughs> but <laughs> you do you, Russell Wilson. You still have the ability to take over games on your own. When you look at other teams' quarterbacks, you think if we didn't have Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason, he retired. Let's let's just say that. Let's, and you say, is there a guy from another team that you wouldn't mind having at quarterback? There'll be a few in the league, but Russell Wilson fits into that category. He doesn't give you everything that Rodgers gives you. I'm not trying to suggest that. But for some reason, he's one of those guys that you think, I can win with that guy because he's going to keep me in a lot of games. He's a winner. Yeah. I think that would that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. This dude believes he's going to win games. And that's sometimes all you need. Guys will rally around that when your leader thinks you can still win a football game. Yep. So that said, I think the Packers are going to win this football game. Especially if Aaron Rodgers plays. And I think he will. Like you said, he's supposed to come back on Saturday. He doesn't need practice time. He's he's thrown the ball to Devontae Adams his entire career. You don't need to have more reps. Absolutely. And as we said at the start of the show, Bakhtiar is back. Whether that means he actually plays this week or whether he just dresses may come in for a few plays, well, we don't we don't know yet. But I don't think that's going to make a huge amount of difference to this game. I think the Packers win, I hate to say this, relatively comfortably. You're going to give a score prediction? Let's do this. 28 Seahawks, 
17. I'll give my score prediction to you and Todd then. <laughs> you, you could do two. Yeah, it'll be the same one. Hopefully I okay. won't forget what I told him, right? Like, what did I tell Peter? I have to go back and listen to him. I think it's going to be less close than that. And I've said okay. over and over and over again that the Packers are going to score a million points and they you never have. have. Maybe this is the week I'm actually right. I think it's going to be 31-13 Packers. I, I don't think that Seattle is better than Kansas City on offense. And I think even though the numbers showed that the Chiefs were, what, the 31st or 32nd ranked defense, it was Jordan Love, not Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's going to make that much difference. So 31-13 Packers. I'll, I'll be happy with that. Me too. Even if it's 31-30, although I'll probably be having a stroke during the game, I'll be happy afterwards. So I guess the one thing we didn't mention, and maybe maybe you and Todd want to cover this more, was the special teams, or the not the not so special teams. I feel like Todd is going to go off on that. Okay. That's why I didn't mention I'll it right okay. now. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like a twenty minute segment when him and I record. So. I, you, do you want to talk about it? Because no, Peter, no, this no. Is your show. No, no. But what you could do is tell Todd that I didn't think the special teams were that bad, and, and get, get get him going. <laughs> right. All right, Peter. I appreciate you. Good man. All right. So in the weirdest average cheese episode, it is now the Todd and I version. It's sixty-two B of the yeah. Marco Rivera episode. So let's just get into the slices right away because this might be a 45-minute segment this is, in the this show. Is where the, this is where the train goes off the track. <laughs> off the fucking rails immediately. Immediately. All the, it's it's all Aaron Rodgers season. It's time it to sure pass is. Aaron Rodgers. Do you want to start with yeah, Aaron what Rodgers? Did, have you guys talked about COVID? And, and Peter, Peter and I did not talk about Aaron Rodgers because I wanted to leave that for us because it's going to be a fucking mess. It's all over. Yeah, it is. It's it's all over uh, everything. ESPN, everything. It's all they're talking about. But I guess, I mean, I don't know really where to start with this other than the fact that just to summarize, I guess, claimed he was Im- immunized, right? I guess that was back in August. You know, now that it's come out that he's tested positive, and he was confronted with the fact that, hey, I thought you said you were immunized. He's claiming that he's allergic to an ingredient used in the vaccine. So let's talk about that. All right. So let, <laughs> first of all, I already I don't know why I've thought so deeply about this, but the episode is going to be the Marco Rivera episode. Fubar. Fuck you, <laughs> bitch ass Aaron Rodgers. That's the name of this episode. That's going to be the name. And I'm just going to say this. So, OK, so. Let's pretend, and let's not pretend, let's say that we understand that you are allergic to something in the mRNA in the Pfizer and the Moderna shot. Okay, I don't believe you, Aaron, but let's say you are. (laughs) Cool. There is the Johnson & Johnson shot that he could have gotten. He didn't want to get it because there were certain health risks and it was pulled off the the, shelves, so to speak, for 10 days. Okay, first of all, dummy, you went to fucking Cal. Did you attend any <laughs> classes when you were there? Because right. if you did, you would look into said studies. Yes, six women out of the millions that got the Johnson and Johnson shot 
had blood clotting issues. Are you a fucking woman, Aaron? Between the ages of 18 and 48? Because if you're not, no man had clotting issues from the Johnson and Johnson shot. So fuck off, Aaron. You're making shit up at this point is what you're doing. You're just making stuff up. So, okay. Continue, sir. And the privilege of having like your own medical team, right? Uh, And I guess that's not uncommon for quarterbacks and, and such, but like, I mean, obviously, he's he has a privileged existence, existence, and and was trying to use that. But to, to claim that he was allergic to that, come on, dude. I mean, come on. I mean, that's like <laughs> saying, stupid, is what it is. I mean, what? really, the only thing. I, I mean, I, I really don't like. I, I guess I, I can respect some people who don't want to get the vaccine based on the fact that. You know, it is your choice, right? It is your choice. I I get it. I totally get that part. Don't be an anti-vaxxer and say, well, I'm I'm not going to get the vaccine because, you know, because it's like some type of conspiracy around this because every one of you motherfuckers has a shot record, all right? You have an immunization record from the time you were fucking born. You've been getting shots shot into your fucking body your whole fucking life. So don't give me this shit. I don't know how many that was. Don't give me this shit about, you know, all of a sudden you're going to stand on, on, on this high ground and, you know, become part of this like movement uh, to not get this vaccine. It, un- unless you've never been vaccinated before and you're not getting the, the COVID vaccine, fine. Then you're in the clear. If not, fuck off. My favorite part of the I'm going to stand on the moral high ground is he decided he was going to compare himself to Martin Luther King Jr. and what? stand up to the unjust laws. Oh, man. What in the fuck? You stupid motherfucker. Really? You're going to say, oh, I am going to stand up to the unjust treatment. Are you talking about not wearing a fucking mask, Aaron? Is that what you're talking about? Are you comparing it to laws in this country that treated black people as subhuman? That's your comparison. Martin Luther King. Again, did you fucking attend class at Cal? Because Jesus Christ, that's He's stupid. Smoking the hippie lettuce. Kidding, what were you doing there at Cal? You weren't going to class because you aren't on the moral high ground here. The draconian measures. Oh my god, professional athlete has to wear a mask to the podium. I can't imagine how difficult that must have been compared to being hosed or beaten by police. Yep, it's the same thing, Aaron. You fucking idiot. <laughs> god bless it. God, does that make me mad? Don't quote Martin Luther King, you clown. Yeah, that's pretty rough. I didn't, I didn't know that. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty insane. I did not know he did that. Uh, yeah, this is just a complete shit show, man. A total fucking shit show. Did you see that the NFL <sighs> came out and disputed something that he said? So Aaron said on the McAfee show, right. and it's a long 45 minutes and it's not all right. Aaron Rodgers, but you should listen to it because it's completely stupid. But I had to listen because I had to do research for this show, of course. He That's said that an NFL doctor told him 
that it is impossible to get or spread COVID when you've had the vaccination. The NFL came out and said, we did not say that, Aaron. They basically threw Aaron Rodgers under the bus and said, nope, that didn't happen. No doctor told you that. No doctor (laughs) would tell you that. Oh my, my God. kid's pediatrician wouldn't say that. Yeah. That's stupid. Absolutely stupid. And the and Packers vaccines... were fined. <laughs> they got fined 300 grand, which is peanuts. Nothing. And Aaron but... Rodgers got a, what, a $14,000 fine or something like that? 14650 Him and Lazard. It's because they were at a Halloween party. I saw that comparison to a normal human being. Like, you know, if you compare it to what Aaron Rodgers gets paid every week, that is equivalent to like a, a normal middle class person being fined thirty three dollars and fifty cents. Oh, there you go. There you go. So well, it's because those two clowns were at a Halloween party is so the reason why they were fined by the NFL is because it was confirmed that they were at a gathering, this Halloween party, apparently obviously yeah. without masks and not so, being vaccinated, right? Not being vaccinated. Right. So the, the other Packers that were there, Mercedes Lewis and the other guys, they're fine because they're vaccinated. They didn't get fined. It's, it's just a party for them. Right. Yeah. I have and to now, say this. And, and now we have another loss on our record. Yeah. Because it, of all this. I mean, right. a, a game, a game that would have been probably eh, easily won. Yes. Right. For sure. Easily. Yeah. hundred percent. I got to say this before we get on to the game, you know, ramifications or whatever. In the McAfee interview, Aaron Rodgers is wearing that shirt he's worn before. It says, say when. It's a Doc Holiday from, uh, it's a movie, the Val Kilmer. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Say when. Tombstone. Tombstone. Thank you. I could not remember the name of the movie. The irony, which I'm sure Aaron wasn't going for, is, Doc Holliday died of tuberculosis in <laughs> real did. life. He did. <laughs> he did. Is that the fucking greatest oh thing god. ever? I didn't even think of that. He did. Oh my god. Oh, Aaron, you dummy. That's great. It's great. Well, how do you say it? Prevea Health? Is that how you say it? I think so. Yeah, the Wisconsin Healthcare. They they cut him. Nine-year partnership. See ya. Yeah, because you don't believe in science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, well, in State Farm, too, right? I mean, they're an insurance company, so. And he's all over the place with, you know, he's on every single State Farm commercial. But the, I, they didn't cut him. No. But they, I guess, over the weekend, this past NFL weekend, like, the, you know, they, like, reduced the amount of airings for State Farm commercials. And they had to piss State Farm off. The Packers were playing the fucking Chiefs. Dude, think of think of what that cost State Farm and just take that off the air. They were playing to tell networks to yeah, just to tell networks, uh yeah, we're gonna just kind of chop that down a bit. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot of cash, man. I mean, that's a (laughs) lot of cash. Yeah, spilling, you know, spilling down the drain. They did have an interesting State Farm came out with a statement, which I thought was really 
you know, in a world where we go one way or the other, and I clearly have in this instance myself, but State Farm basically said Aaron Rodgers has the right to speak his mind. But we also have customers on the other side. And, you know, I'm sure I don't know what Patrick Mahomes is. I'm sure he's smart enough to stay out of this whole mess. But they were they kind of rode the middle. And I thought they rode the middle very well with not throwing Aaron Rodgers under the bus, but also not going the other way completely, too, which I think was actually kind of awesome. What a total debacle. And then there was like the Joe Rogan factor, right? Didn't that, that came Rogan. up? Yeah. I, I have to say, I do like Joe Rogan and I do like his podcast. I think it's amazing. I really do. But yeah, to, to think that you're getting your medical advice from, from an MMA, po- MMA guy, podcaster. Yeah. I mean, dude, come on. This couldn't have, this couldn't have went more sideways. McAfee actually said and dug on, he said, Dr. Joe Rogan. Yeah. To Aaron on the, so Aaron was on Friday, right? And said all this dumb shit and then came back on in his normal Tuesday and walked way back. You know, segue into uh, Kareem, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, former Buck. He, uh, he had some interesting stuff to say about it. I mean, you know, Kareem's always been kind of like that, you know, big brain kind of kind of guy, man. But, uh, you know, when I said that, I was like, huh, Kareem had something to say about this. I got to say right? this, you know, but he said, and I quote, instead of consulting immunologists, he consulted anti-vaxxer and podcast host Joe Rogan, who also contracted the virus. If he ever requires open heart surgery. Will he hand the scalpel to romance writers because they know about matters of the heart? While, while many who came into contact with him thought he was vaccinated, Rogers had embarked on his own regime to boost his natural immunity. He failed, as any scientist could have told him, and as they have been publicly telling us for over a year. End of quote. So sit on that coming from Kareem, Hall of Famer. It's perfect because he's right. In fact, on Tuesday's episode of the McAvee show, if you listen to it carefully, he also says again, his team, he doesn't, it's almost like he's afraid to ask doctors about stuff. Right. Uh, uh, Whatever. But the game ramifications are the Packers lost this game because Aaron Rodgers was not the quarterback. The thing I kept thinking, though, too, was what if he would have got this in the playoffs? What if he would have fucking contracted COVID in the first round of the playoffs? Oh, yes, it's a personal decision. We've said this on our podcast many times, but you are the leader of the Green Bay Packers and the Packers season rides on your shoulders. So it's a personal decision to not get the shot. Yes, but it's also you are affecting other people's lives. It's that simple. Yes, you have the right to not get the shot, but you could have really done damage to the franchise because of it. It didn't. It turned out to be a loss in early November. That's really not probably going to make any difference in the whole scheme of things. But the biggest thing, too, is like his reputation, too, is, is like just being misleading and basically just lying. Full of shit. Yeah. Right? I mean, that you can forget all the vaccination or 
right. non-vaccination, but like just the fact about just being so misleading. I think that was kind of pretty sketchy. He fucking lied. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Enough Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Still love him. Don't care. If he He's throws six play, touchdowns it, this week, I won't fucking care as, as yeah, much. Exactly. Anymore. And he better be playing. Well, we might as well talk about that. Yeah. Is he going to play Sunday? I think so. He is supposed to be able to come back Saturday. And right. he doesn't need reps. Like we said, I just said to Peter before, what, is, what reps does he need? He can go in there. And well, play no, no, no. I, I don't even care about the reps. I mean, but will he play? I mean, is he healthy enough? So, yeah. I mean, don't they have to? He has to produce a negative test, right? Obviously. No, I don't think so. I think it... 10 days after your symptoms, I think oh, really? that's how it works. He is that's eligible weird. to come back Saturday. That's what he, he has said, and that's what reports have said. <laughs> I wonder if he'll have a mask on at the presser. <laughs> I wonder. Supposed to. Well, now he's, well, who knows? Well, he won't be immunized, right? He will be immunized, but not vaccinated. Correct. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some other dudes. So OBJ is in the news. He cleared waivers. He is a free agent. I say to you and I ask you, yes or no on OBJ? Yes. No question. Bring the guy in. Put St. Brown on the practice squad. Or cut his ass. Or just cut him outright. I mean, Malik Taylor is worthless as well. I mean, I think that would be that would be great. Be, I think it would be good for Devontae Adams, too. Yes. I mean, take to some take, pressure off. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot for a defense to worry about. You got Lazard, Cobb, MBS, OBJ, Adams. That's a lot to come at you. It'd be a really strong group. I think you do it. I think right now, the Packers are the best team in the NFL, and they're not 100% healthy. I, I honestly believe that. They are the best team in the NFL right now. With the way the defense performed, even at a loss, which is strange to, to say, they lost this game. But based on the defensive performance, yes, we know Jordan Love. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But they're the best team in the NFL right now. No question. Do you want to add the piece that's going to punch your ticket almost like I wouldn't say a guarantee, but like this is adding like some pretty, pretty serious firepower. It's a definite yes for me. Same here. It's the same thing as the Deshaun Jackson question. Is OBJ the second best wide receiver in the room when he signs? Yep. Yeah. He's better than Deshaun Jackson. He's younger and more athletic, bigger, bigger and more physical. I mean, there's a lot of reasons you want OBJ on this roster. He can play the game of football still. You know, no the only question would is the same as Deshaun Jackson. Do you want to win a ring or do you care about catching more footballs? If you care about catching more footballs, you probably don't sign with the Packers because Adams is still going to be the man. He's going to be the number one target. You've got other guys on this roster that can play. Again, not as good as you, but will you – be second fiddle, or do you need to be the man? If you need to be the man, you go to New Orleans and you play yeah. with the Saints because there's no Michael Thomas down there. If you want to win a Super Bowl, you come to Green Bay. I think it'd be good for the Packers, honestly. I, I don't think – I don't know. It gives you an I, attitude that you don't have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm in. I mean, we've, we've talked about, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks about trying to diversify – 
the offense and like the distribution of the football, especially in the wide receiver core, where it's just like the default is just always Rodgers to Adams, Rodgers to Adams. And I mean, yes, most teams can't stop it. So you just go to it. But long-term playoffs, I, I, don't, I don't know how sustainable that is. But to have two weapons like that on the same side of, side of the football, man, I mean, that would be nice. That'd be a potent offense. I mean, crazy. Get Bakhtiari back. All right, let's move on. Well, so we have a major announcement. We do. Episode oh, yeah, we 62. Do. The average cheese will be in attendance this weekend against Seattle at Lambeau Field. That's Todd true. and I will be in attendance. Yeah. Peter won't. Handing out window yeah. clings. Yeah. Be cool if Peter can. It would be. We're doing that. That is happening. Yeah. One day. Not probably not this year, but right. Maybe next, next year. year. Oh, what are we we're gonna hand yeah, we're gonna hand out that's all we have. We don't have else. We don't have any. I have one uh, medium shirt that really? I can hand out, but I it's the it's one I've worn. It's used. Maybe we should put like maybe we should write like our email address on the back of every window cling, and if the first person to email us gets the shirt. I I am going to have shirts printed. That's going to happen. I don't want to let the cat too far out of the bag, but I think we're going to start a website relatively soon, and then we could sell them with proceeds going to Habitat or whatever our charity is. That'll work. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't have them yet, though, so the only one I could give away is the one I've already worn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, if you, if you contact us or you see us at the game, you will win a used medium <laughs> Shirt, t-shirt. We are high class. Yes. Average cheese. Yeah. All right, let's get on to this debacle because I think you and I are going to probably argue about some things in this 13 to 7 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the good on offense. Full disclosure, the good. Peter said that the running game, although not much of it, Aaron Jones averaged like five yard, four and a half yards of carry. And A.J. Dillon averaged almost six yards a carry in this game. Was it that high? Yeah. They didn't run the ball enough. When they did run the ball, Aaron Jones, 12 rushes, 53 yards. That's four and a half-ish. And A.J. Dillon, eight carries for 46 yards, which is almost six. No, it's not enough. I mean, it's 20 20 rushes. Any other good you want to talk about offensively? No. I have nothing good to say about the offense. Let's just leave I'm it alone about, then. Yeah, I'm gonna have to leave that one alone. I I don't I can't think of any. I didn't think the running game was. I thought it was okay. We'll leave it at what Peter said. The running was the best part of the offense. Yeah. So let's get to the bad. I'll go first. <laughs> the offensive line was terrible in this game. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Royce Newman was like a fucking turnstile <laughs> at an amusement park. And I know they're trying to groom him, and I'm hoping with Bakhtiari, I don't know if he'll be back back. He's back on the roster, but I'm not sure if he'll play. If we can shuffle the deck and go Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, that way, you know what I'm saying, and get yeah. Royce Newman the fuck out of there, Yeah. then we don't have it's to awful. worry about it anymore. He's terrible. Yeah, he in, was in the really in the, bad. One, the one game of the year, 
where they really had to step up and perform to give Jordan Love a chance. They just failed terribly. I mean, terribly. There was six quarterback hits, only one sack. I, I don't know how that seems because like. Because Love more. can actually move his feet in the pocket. Right. That's the only reason. Right. They, they blitzed 18 times. He was hurried six times and 13 pressures. 13 so, pressures. Yeah, they were flying through there. And why not, right? I mean, the, the defensive strategy for the Chiefs was easy. You go man on man and you put everybody else on the line. Because, yeah. And that's it. Just challenge them because Love was struggling. He was noticeably, noticeably nervous, mm-hmm. which I get it. I get it. You, you can't really fault him for that, right? First start. Yeah. But it was pretty apparent early on that there was issues with the delivery, the accuracy, the ball placement. I mean, it was he was all over the place with the football. So if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm saying, hmm, he's not getting the ball out. I'm not worried about that whatsoever. I'll take my chances. We're going one-on-one. We're going man-on-man. And I'm sending everybody else and disrupting him even more. And it worked. It worked because this was Matt LaFleur's worst game as an NFL coach. I'd have to agree. Coach. I, I would have to agree. I, I, I expected more. Granted, you can't predict that the offensive line is going to suck for the whole game, but I expected more adjustments maybe as the because because they were sending the whole house. Right? Yeah, Almost on every play. damn play. It's like make an adjustment, dude. Like you're not giving him the opportunity to be successful yeah i kind of expected a little bit more out of that jones didn't catch a pass no which i thought was odd not only did he not catch a pass he's only targeted twice so it wasn't like they were trying to go to him right sorry i know i'm interrupting you there's a nice Mm -hmm. pass that jordan love threw to Devontae adams like about a 14 yard out route corn to the corner but my problem is it was a seven step drop why the fuck is he? Why is he? Why are you asking them to drop with a seven step drop when they are bringing pressure on every play? Right. Why is Jordan Love throwing the ball 34 times in a 13 to seven game? It's not right. like it was 30 to seven. They were in this game oh, the entire time. Easily. He Ugh. had all of about like two seconds. He had no the time. Ball was, yeah, he had no time. I mean, he he dropped back to pass, and it was yeah, it, one, it was two, three. Get the ball yeah. out of there. Why did yeah. we not see any of that? Why did right. they only run the ball twenty times? Right. I don't know. I'm 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 with you. I, I was confused with I was confused uh, with the offensive game plan for sure. It I was don't know. the I mean, worst. You, you would think you would think Mercedes Lewis would come in. When there's that much issues. As a third tackle or line them up in the backfield because they're bringing pressure right up the middle. Why are you asking Aaron Jones to fucking do it on his own? Right. I mean, I thought he did a decent job, but Jesus. Yeah. You know, I think we've talked about this in a a few. Where's the jet sweep? Where's that? Where is anything to the outside when there's pressure? And where is your throw over the middle? How about a crossing route? Yeah, I thought this was a perfect opportunity. This game, maybe maybe it wasn't in the you know primary game plan, but like 
as the adjustments were being made in this game, I thought, well, why don't we get some jet sweep going? Because and that would have that would have maybe built some momentum for him, you know, running the jet sweep. I, I think that would have been a nice different look to give the defense instead of just drop back pass or hand it. I mean, it was it wasn't very uh it wasn't very complicated looking game plan at all. It was a terrible game plan. They should have run more than they should have passed. Again, they were in this game the entire time. The, I mean, the, the Chiefs get that first down at the end of the game, and Patrick Mahomes is all jacked up after he played a horseshit game. Jordan Love could have won him, won the Packers this game. Yeah. Could have. He had the opportunity to. He had plenty of opportunities. Mm-hmm. I will give you this all day. He is not an accurate thrower. No. Maybe that's going to change, but it doesn't usually. Mm, You know what I mean? It's not something you get over time. I don't think. That scares me for the future. As good as Devontae Adams is, he isn't getting college wide open. You know what I mean? Like he's not getting that huge separation that a quarterback that's not throwing accurately needs. I think he targeted Adams like 14 times. 14 times. Yeah. He only caught, I think he only caught like six. Yes. 14 so. times. Yeah. Nobody else got, well, AJ Dillon got four targets and AJ Dillon is really looking like a complete back. He had 90 yards receiving and rushing combined, almost yeah. hundred yards. My thing on, on Jordan Love, and I mean, not to, I've been really outspoken of him as an athlete. None of this like surprised me. None of it surprised me. Like his performance did not, did not surprise me at all. Like it pretty much went exactly how I thought it would go. So I wasn't that disappointed in his, in his performance because that's exactly what I expected. Having said that, as a number two quarterback in the NFL, there is an expectation to see him come out and perform the way he did. I mean, let's be honest. He didn't meet the expectation of a backup quarterback. You know, all the things we've been talking about, you know, with the accuracy and everything else, I just don't see him as a, and this is not against Jordan Love, the person, Merely talking about Jordan Love, the quarterback. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I just don't. Definitely not not a starter, probably ever. And it was apparent in this game. And it's right. not like these were the 85 Bears. This was the right. worst it, defense dude, in it the could, NFL. Exactly. This couldn't have been set up even for more success, other than maybe if they were at home at Lambeau. That could have been, you know, like another factor. But, dude, this is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. It couldn't have shaped up any better. Now, granted, his teammates, the offensive line in particular, failed him. That didn't help. So I will give him credit because that didn't look easy to me. He was running for his damn life out there half the time. Yeah, but when he did have time to make plays, and the expectation is that you make those plays, and they're, they're... yeah, they're not complicated plays, and you're just missing all over the place. Yeah, yeah. it was tough to watch. Tough I to have watch. to agree with you here. I put the blame on Coach Lafleur. This game plan was terrible. I would too. But Listen. that said, all those things you said were right. So I thought I'd be super smart. I'm going to look up Aaron Rodgers' first start as a Packer. He, Aaron Rodgers was like 17 for 22. <laughs> 178 yards, but yeah, it's not the same comparison. 
I am a little concerned for the future. Yes, he's not ready now, and he hit. This is his first start, so okay, I get that. But it's not like he is a brand new rookie. He has been in the NFL now for a year and a half. He's been in this offense for a year and a half. And yes, he had to run for his life. So that sucked. And the Packers couldn't figure out how to make adjustments. But I just feel like as of now, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't stick around for a couple more years, we are fucked. Completely. With a capital F. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your boy, Mason Crosby. The ugly. I'm done. I'm done with Crosby. Cut him. Got him. Next man up. Get somebody off the shit heap. Get whoever their backup COVID protocol kicker is on the practice squad. Whatever it is, I'm done. I'm done with him. He is visibly pissed off about things, Crosby. I wonder if he's pissed off about himself. Instead of pointing fingers. Now, the only defense I will give him I still stand behind cutting him. The only defense I will give him (laughs) is, do you remember back in the day? I I guess it was, I can just remember like the eighties for some reason, like, like Roger Staubach would like hold for the kicker, right? Shit like that. Like Danny um, White (laughs) or Danny White. Maybe it was Danny White I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um, You know, stuff like that. I think Danny White actually punted as well, but he did. um, Put Jordan Love back there. Why do we see keep going to Bohorquez? The dude has been yes. Put Love back there. Let him let him hold the fucking ball. I mean, why not? He's a quarterback. He's used to getting snaps. He's, that's what he does for a living, right? He receives snaps. Now, is it any different when you're like squatting down and it's like two inches off the turf? Yeah, a little bit. But guess what? Jordan Love has definitely better hands than than Bohorquez, right? He clearly cannot spin the ball to get the laces facing out. That and that's never the happened. only reason I bring this up is because those holds were ugly too. Then why isn't the, why aren't they looking at that? You know, why isn't, what is it? Maurice Drayton and, and LaFleur like looking at this closer and saying it's, it's not Bohorquez's job to, act, to necessarily be the holder, right? The punter is automatically like the default to be a holder, right? right. I don't know when, when that ever started, but it, it just did. And like, if you're a punter, that's what you do, right? Now, I get it. Like, they receive snaps when they punt and, and all that. And But if it's not working, either fix change it. it. Yeah, fix the fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, put Jordan Love back there. Seriously. Or what's the other backup? Bankert or Bankert, Bankert or, or Bankert. whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Also put has COVID. Bears, put one of them, put put a quarterback back there. I mean, if the, if the play breaks down. You want the punter got... throwing it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, of course, it's like rare, right? It's it's super rare. But if you wanted to fake a field goal or something, that seems yeah, like it Jordan would be an option. back there. Yeah, or Kurt Bankert. Anybody can throw the football better than the punter. Right. I'm with you. I mean, that said, cut Crosby. He's done. You heard it here. I'm done. I'm done with him. Every single kick. Every single kick. I'm like, oh, God. He's, he's going to fucking miss it. He's going to fucking miss it. Sure enough. Boom. There it goes. I said this to you via text during the game. If Mason Crosby is last year's Mason Crosby, they absolutely 
try to make that 56 yard kick. They take that kick there. Yeah. And they potentially win the game. Yep. Because if he makes those two kicks, it's 13, 13. If he makes the other one that they didn't kick, it could have been 16, 13. Now I know things change during the game, but it affected the game when he missed those two kicks for sure. Yeah. You lose by six and you miss Miss two kicks. Miss two kicks. I mean, the other thing on special teams is that's the wrong Taylor back there. They need to put Patrick Taylor back there. (laughs) Not Malik Taylor. He's on the roster. Why not put him back there and give him a shot? He's a running back. Malik Taylor doesn't get it. No. I don't know why they keep going to that experiment. And on that same note, my guy Amari Rodgers needs to be moved out of that punt return spot. He is terrible back there. He is a disaster waiting to happen. Yes, he gets positive yards when he runs forward, but it's not like he's going to break one. I don't ever feel like he's also going to break off a long return. Yeah. I would agree. He's he's not a he's not an explosive runner. Mm-mm. That's what you need is you need that like super yeah, guys crazy who can make a couple moves guy. and go. Yeah. I mean guys who can get to an edge, get to the sideline and turn it a field. He just doesn't have that that gear, I don't think. Now, back to Taylor. What the f- that that looks so absurd. Right? Like I see I mean, all you have to do, dude, I mean it if you're in doubt and you have a, a turd come out, right, in, in your pants, get away from the fucking football. Just get away. Don't try to, like, fake catch it or try to catch it or fair catch it or anything. If your mind goes completely fucking blank, just get the fuck away from the football, dude. <laughs> Not fall on your fucking ass like an idiot and have the ball fucking come up and hit you in the foot. Fucking moron. God. Oh, uh, Lord. That was, that was hard to watch. I mean, I was like, you got to be kidding. That, that was just a total. It's like, is that guy a perform- we, we talked about Malik Taylor and his performance from last year and like when we were doing the 53-man roster coming into this year. All the questions circling around him and all that stuff. And, and I was like, no. No, he didn't do anything last year. He had opportunities. He didn't do shit. Same thing this year. It's a it's a completely same scenario as last year. Same exact scenario. So yeah. he's a, he's a complete liability. I don't, I don't know how or why he ever made the team. He's always like you know they always talk about him in in camp about he's one of the top performers and this and that. And you get him on a football field and he's like a deer in headlights. Yeah, he's like Darius Shepard from a couple years ago. Great in the preseason and in camp, and you get him in a regular season game, and he can't play. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, that was on. that was horrible. I mean, it. My last thing I'll say is they have the worst special teams in the league. They must. I'm not pulling that off of any <laughs> real data. <laughs> no research, just they, from your they, own gut. None needed. None needed. I mean, it's either almost every single time it's like penalty fumble block punt you know it's like over and over and over it's like my gosh man ah it's like when is it going to end it, almost every time the special teams are out on, on on the football field there something happens something goes sideways i'm done i'm done with the special teams. my blood pressure is so high right now it's time to move on to some positivity the packers defense really only gave up 
the one score, the one drive in this game. Yeah. It was really good from beginning to end. And it's time for us, and we've talked about it now a couple of weeks in a row, it's time for us to say that Joe Barry was a good hire. Yep. He has done a great job with this defense. Mm-hmm. These are, I mean, it's Devondre Campbell, who's on his third team. We talked about this before. Kevin King, like Peter said in the first segment, had a great game. Did. A great game. And we, you and I both beat up on Kevin King a lot. And this was Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah. Tyreek Hill had four catches for 37 yards in this game. Shut him down. Travis Kelsey had five catches for 68 yards and a touchdown, but and we can't cover the tight end, and that's clear. The, this defense is really good. And Kenny Clark went out in this game. So you didn't have your best defensive lineman, knows Darius Smith, a lot of Jonathan Garvin in there. Whit, Whitney Merciless played a lot of snaps. Like this, TJ Slayton played 45 snaps in this game. Oh. Yeah, he, had a, he, he made a couple plays too. He played well. I'm just saying, it's not like you had Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary. Kiki didn't play. This was a second-string defense that held the Chiefs to basically a touchdown. Yep. King looked hungry, man. I mean, he looked. I mean, it was kind of like a different. I hadn't seen that kind of. You know, he was playing with some attitude and some fire, man, and and laying some hat. I mean, I was like, damn coming off an injury and he, he looked ready to play man that was, that was great to see and I, I thought Barnes was an animal yeah in this game it, it, I think Barnes had his best game as a professional that one where he was I think it was on the uh right at the goal line he chased that running back down and got him out of bounds was that a two-point conversion no no it no, was it on was the a, goal it, line yeah 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 I mean he, he he came up with some nice plays I mean he was he was an animal I really thought I guess the last thing was is uh, Shannon Sullivan, whom you know we've we've beat up uh, repeatedly on this show, but man, he he was solid, dude. I'm wondering if, and it goes back to what you said earlier with Barry as the defensive coordinator. I'm wondering if a lot of this is, you know, for some of these players like Shannon Sullivan, who you've seen the glimpses of, like, oh wow, and then it's like, oh no, now there's there's a lot less oh no's. With Sullivan, I, I and I thought he had a really super solid game. Is it scheme, and they're putting know. guys in the right position, or they're coaching them up? Honestly, I don't give a fuck. Like yeah. they're playing better football, so whatever side of the coaching is making that difference, I do not care. Yeah, at all. Same. Yeah. You think Savage is having an all pro year? I don't know. I'm not he's, as high on Darnell Savage right now as man. He's he's, he's playing some good ball. He is. I wonder where he ranks up. You know, some of those crazy PFF, PFF and all that yeah. other shit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's, Do I think he's playing poorly? No. I mean, he he had some pass defenses in this game, and he played well. Is he an All Pro or a Pro Bowler? I'm not sure, but he's playing well. If you look at the defense right now from this game, who played poorly? And the answer to that, I'm just answering my own question: is I don't think anyone played poorly. Even Oren Burks had a really nice play on the sideline. I know he didn't play a complete game, but that was a relatively big play. It was. A nice play in that spot. It was. This defense really came to play in this game. Yeah, you're out. Yeah, it's it's amazing what they're doing, especially in this game. To say that they had their best game as a a defense, 
in the whole year and, and you lose. That hurts. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And you only you only uh, allow one touchdown. The Stokes got hurt. Pre-game yeah, he didn't play up. one down in this game. Pre-game warm-up. Come on, dude. Right? You hurt your knee in warm-up? Damn. Nobody warms up that my guy, man. I hope he I hope he's there on Sunday. I gotta see my guy. Yeah. I gotta get a Stokes jersey. Why don't you buy get, one get when you're there? I I very well may. <laughs> don't <Nice>. tempt me. <laughs> but I, I'd like to have it while I'm in the uh tailgating area. Absolutely. Let's get so. there early. We'll go up to the pro shop, get a jersey, yep. come back. Oh, it's true. Drink That's some true. sodas. Yeah, soda only. Right. The only bad in this game defensively is the only pressure they got in the entire game was from Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Rashawn Gary had the sack and he had three quarterback hits in this game. No one else. Yeah. Had any Preston pressure. Smith was very quiet in that game. Yeah, I, I would agree. I never, you never heard his name. No. And he played quite a bit. Did he even make a box score? I don't know. I don't know if he made a tackle in this game. Might not have. But yeah. Nobody did not see him in the box score. Anywhere. So, yeah, I guess that would be the bad, too. All right, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks. The The Russell Wilson-led Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I don't really have any, like, in-depth analysis about the Seahawks because I didn't research shit. So that's why why this is called an average cheese show. So the only thing I'd have to say is just, like, from the Packers' perspective, is, like, this is a must-win game. They need to just get all the drama of Aaron Rodgers and COVID behind them. You're at home. Seattle's a decent team, I think, right? I don't know. I don't even know their record. But you have Russell Wilson factor, right? They're three so, and five right now. Okay. They're not With, great, I mean, they, but, to be fair, they had Geno Smith as their quarterback for a couple of games. So oh, that's true. We'll, but that. Wilson will be back for this game. Correct. So after I had to get a broken finger like his finger yes. or something that's the know. key I, right yeah. that's the key in a game is yeah. stopping I mean, Russell that, Wilson. that is the key is to stop him and contain him i mean the way that joe barry is constructing the defensive strategy i mean he seems to know what he's doing when it comes to mobile quarterbacks so i'm sure he's already got a pretty decent plan but as far as like where we're at in the season and with all the drama coming into this game, we have to just shut the door on, the, on this game. Plus, we're going to be there, so they better fucking win. Right. I don't I don't like to go to Lambeau and have them lose. Oh. I had to find more quarters because I had to, like, I have so many in the jar already. I had to find some more. Yeah. I mean, Peter and I talked about it a little bit. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, good yeah. wide receivers. Wilson is mobile in the pocket. And like we, Peter and I talked about, that dude is a winner. He believes yeah. he's going to win games. You have to blow this team out. They have to be winning this game by two, three touchdowns at the end because Russell Wilson will bring you back. He's done it against the Packers a couple times, which we won't talk about. I wonder what the weather would be like. It's supposed to snow. What? And I don't oh, know shit. about in Green Bay, but I was looking at my app on my phone, and it Damn. said – that there is a chance on Sunday, a 40% chance of snow showers. Jeez. You better bring your cold weather gear. Right now in Milwaukee, it says a high of 39 on Sunday and a low of 30 on Sunday. Whew. Yeah. Oh, you better bring your Under Armour. Oh, I mean, Wilson's played, and played up there enough. 
He played for us at Wisconsin. Exactly. I think that's the key, though. Stopping Russell Wilson. And then on offense, just get out of your own way and start making the plays that you know this team can make. Because the Seattle defense doesn't scare you. There's nobody on that defense who's going to make big plays. You don't have that guy you have to scheme against. Aaron Rodgers will be back. What if he's not? Oh, God. I don't know. Let's not even go down that road. <laughs> hey, they should pull me. I, I'm, I'll be there, man. I'll kick. I have a much better chance of making field goals than Crosby. We'll go out and practice behind the yeah. Kohler Lodge or whatever because they got that field out there. That's what they should do. They should have tryouts, like, tryouts in, in the parking lot. You know, six beer minimum. Yeah, that you already have to have ingested and then just like start lining it up. They have a blood alcohol thing and they have to see. Yeah, you have to have a certain blood alcohol level. (laughs) You are sorry, sir. You're below 0.05. Can't participate. So let's do a smart prediction. I'll go first since I already made mine with Peter. I say 31-13 Packers. I think this is not a close football game. Yeah, I would agree. Aaron Rodgers goes scorched earth. You know, before this game, before the Chief game, the Packers scored 24, 24, 24, I believe. Isn't that weird? Or maybe it's yeah. 24, 25, 24, or something like that. But it's been, I think it was like three weeks in a row, they scored like 24 points exactly. It's pretty crazy. Uh, if only um, we could look these things up. Right. Which, again, average. Um, gosh, I, I, want, I want them to break the 30, 30 point mark, you know? Um, me too. I've been predicting it for like four weeks in a row, five weeks yeah, in a I, row. We're always like up in the 30s or upper 20s. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I hope so because I, I just want to be entertained. I mean, the average cheese is going to be in the house. There's this is the game to do it. I want to say 38 14. Nice. There you go. Let's hope that happens. Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening to the Marco Rivera edition of the average cheese. Yeah, man. Go pack up. Go pack up.